Hello, everyone. This is Jacob Emerson. I'm an Associate News Director with Becker's Hospital Review. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Kimberly Clausen, who's the Senior Associate Director of Payer Relations at the Joint Commission, who's here with me today to discuss strengthening payer networks through Joint Commission Advanced Certifications. Kimberly, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much for having us, Jacob. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And before we dive in, I'm hoping you can just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what brought you to healthcare in the first place. Sure. Well, I uh, have always worked in healthcare, although I did a brief stint in radio for about four years uh, before I went into healthcare full time. And um, really just enjoy working with uh, people and making a difference and really found that um, healthcare um, is a great place uh, for that kind of fit for me. I worked uh, prior to coming to Joint Commission on the provider side and did a lot of uh, direct care work in primarily the post-acute sector and had always uh, really admired the Joint Commission, worked in organizations that were Joint Commission accredited. And in a few of the positions I had, I would actually drive by the Joint Commission often. And I would say to myself, boy, you know, I'd really like to work there sometime. And um, an opportunity came about. And uh, six years later, here I am. So I'm I'm really um, pleased to, to work at the Joint Commission and represent uh, our organization in the healthcare community, uh, with partic- particularly in the payer area. Fantastic. Well, I hope this feels a bit familiar to you then, given your, your brief radio background. Um, but but tell us about the Joint Commission. What exactly do you do there? Um, and, you know, I think some of the folks listening to us today who are, of course, in healthcare themselves and also in insurance, they know the Joint Commission, but, but I think they mainly know it as an accreditation provider for hospitals. So take us through everything that it actually does. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Well, um, as you mentioned, you know, we are primarily known for accrediting hospitals And uh, that's because we actually started accrediting hospitals uh, back in 1956. So we've been doing it. We were the very first ones to do it. Uh, But over time, as healthcare has progressed and the need for accreditation has continued to evolve, we now accredit essentially every type of service setting uh, that there is in healthcare. So for example, not only do we accredit hospitals, but we have a wide range of behavioral health services we accredit. Uh, whole spectrum of ambulatory care, uh, lab services, home care, nursing care centers, and assisted living. So, you know, just about every kind of healthcare sector uh, there is. And then, you know, particular to payer, what we do in payer relations, or the the role that I have in payer relations, is we we try to reach out to the payer community and help them understand the value of utilizing our programs in criteria for either general credentialing or for some kind of um, special network. So um, most often our advanced certifications are some of the programs that are used uh, frequently by payers. I see, okay. So started in 1956, centered around hospitals, but now have branched really around the entire spectrum of healthcare. And you mentioned the advanced certifications on the payer side of things. What are some of the areas that you're addressing here at these um, for, for payers? Sure. We have advanced certifications in, in really particular segments of healthcare, such as stroke, cardiac, orthopedic, perinatal care, 
And what these advanced certifications are is really a deeper dive around uh, these specific areas. What we attempt to do is in these advanced certification are uh, to present industry leading standards as well as an on-site survey. So there's a high degree of accountability as well as helping the organizations really elevate their services to meet um, rigorous yet attainable uh, contemporary standards. So Kimberly, tell me a little bit about how payers then specifically are using in real life these advanced certifications. Sure. We often are working with health plans in special networks like a center of excellence, or they may have a some type of quality incentive or hospital incentive program, or even a value-based payment model. And so health plans then often choose our programs to satisfy particular requirements that are tied to these special networks. So for example, uh, Plans look to recognize providers who go above and beyond basic requirements and demonstrate competency in leading practices, which our standards represent. Another idea that plans are looking for is that our standards and our measures align with the objectives that the health plan is trying to bring the provider's performance to. So we're actually helping align the provider performance with the health plan expectation. And in this case, often our programs are used to provide some administrative relief to the health plans because they may have their own resources devoted to ways in which they're trying to elevate the provider services. But a lot of that elevation, if you will, is really found in the way that our certifications are written. Lastly, I, I about our standards, you know, we work really hard to make sure that our standards are leading in the industry, representative of the the foremost ideas. And so to that end, we do a lot of evaluation in putting our standards together. And then we also review them twice annually. And if there's an idea that's more contemporary, we're gonna update our standards. So we're, we're always putting out there the most relevant and contemporary ideas for performance by the providers. Nice. And speaking of how you write your certifications, my understanding is that they are developed in collaboration with leading medical associations and industry trade groups. How do these relationships work exactly? Yeah, well, we we often um, are approached by the associations who recognize that we, in addition to the standards, we actually go out and conduct on-site surveys that are always part of our certification. So when these associations are looking to uh, deepen the scope of adherence to their guidelines, we may be approached by an association or we may go out and approach approach these associations because what a number of them offer um, are registries. So to that point, um, we have collaborative business relationships with the American Heart Association for our cardiac and stroke programs, We have a relationship with AAOS, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, uh, for all of our orthopedic certifications, uh, with ACOG, American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists, for our perinatal care programs. And as I mentioned, in each of these uh, instances, these association guidelines and measures are often incorporated into our standards. And then many of these associations also have registries. And so where there is a registry component, uh, we require the registry uh, participation 
for organizations who are seeking our advanced certifications. So interesting. And I, and I know that the Joint Commission does have a new health equity advanced certification. Any other recent programs you could share with us in terms of what's being developed right now? Yeah, we, in addition to our health equity, uh, healthcare equity, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute, uh, we also have a new certification uh, that launched uh, January of this year, 2023, our advanced certification in perinatal care. So our advanced certification in perinatal care really focuses on a framework to help organizations drive improvements in clinical outcomes. And this certification requires organizations to utilize evidence-based literature to develop policies and procedures for organizational care across the entire perinatal continuum. Now, organizations who achieve this certification are more likely to reduce infant mortality, uh, maternal complications, and pregnant person mortality. And this certification also can impact elective deliveries and can help lead to a decrease in admission rates to neonatal intensive care units, as well as a reduction in costs associated with lengthy hospital stays due to pregnancy-related complications. So obviously those types of things are, are really important to payers. Oh, absolutely. And I know just from our recent reporting, the U.S. has just hit a 58-year high for, for maternal mortalities. We're, we're the most dangerous high-income nation to give birth in at this point. And so I think this is such a pressing issue, and I appreciate you talking more about this with us, Kimberly. But, but tell us also on the provider side of things, how do these certifications impact them? Sure. Well, with, you know, with providers, um, as I mentioned earlier, our certifications are developed with a rigorous process. We look at scientific literature, we evaluate best practices, we do field testing of the standards, we invite the public to comment, we have a technical advisory panel of industry-leading experts and stakeholders, and we put all of this together to really craft our standards to be really contemporary in terms of, of the ideas that they represent. And so when providers are looking to be leading in their policies and procedure, procedures and leading in their practices, adherence to our standards really helps them achieve that. Fantastic. And, and I did want to go back as well to the health equity certification that you had mentioned. Um, can we hear some more details around that and what you're really looking to achieve there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with, with the health equity certification, uh, we're really, really excited about this program. And, and the community, um, the payer and provider community um, are also really excited about it. We've gotten just a tremendous amount of feedback and interest, and uh, the program has not even launched yet. It's uh, it's available to provider organizations July 1 of 2023. And so with our health equity certification, our vision is that people always experience safe, high quality healthcare. And today, Unfortunately, healthcare quality and health outcomes are often worse for persons of uh, racial or ethnic minority, women, people living in rural communities, people with disabilities, those living in poverty, people with lower educational attainment, and other historically marginalized groups. And although healthcare equity is often viewed through a social justice lens, we understand it to be first and foremost a quality of care problem. So in order to achieve sustainable improvement, we believe 
healthcare needs to approach healthcare equity in the same way that we approach other crucial patient safety priorities by understanding the root cause and implementing targeted standards of care, which our health equity certification represents. So Kimberly, we've mentioned the prenatal certification, we've mentioned the healthcare equity as well, but but I know that you have a lot. So what do you think holds the most value for the, the payer executives that are listening to this right now? Sure, we have two sort of certifications in orthopedics. Uh, one is the advanced certification in total hip and knee replacement, and the other is advanced certification in spine surgery. And both of these programs are for hospitals as well as ASCs and really address the whole continuum of care from pre-surgical orthopedic consultation with their surgeon to the interoperative uh, experience, the hospitalization or the ASC admission, all the way through the rehabilitation activities and the follow-up care with the orthopedic surgeon. Uh, This type of continuity coupled with the registry requirements that I also mentioned, um, so if an organization is pursuing our advanced spine certification. They uh, must also participate in the ASR, the American Spine Registry. If organizations are participating in our total hip and knee replacement uh, certification, they must participate in the American uh, Joint Replacement Registry, the AJRR. And again, that the combination of our certification uh, paired with the registry um, makes this really attractive uh, to payers. And we have these programs already uh, recognized in several um, large health plans for their center of excellence programs. I see. So the registries with the medical groups, it seems to be the key here to to getting payers involved. Um, And speaking of payers, Kimberly, you know, next week, everybody is talking about the Medicaid redetermination issue. Um, And you've mentioned that you work with state Medicaid authorities as well. So can you talk to us more about how the Joint Commission works with the states um, on these programs? Yeah, we, um, our accreditation programs, uh, so I've spoken most of the uh, conversation about our certification programs. Uh, Our accreditation programs are used by most states for licensure as a pathway to meet conditions of participation. And our accreditation is a is a more broad um, set of standards that covers all aspects of care from uh, you know, daily operations to life safety code, to medication management, to resident rights, and really all aspects. Well, you know, contrasted with our certifications that are much more specific to a particular procedure uh, or condition. So with our accreditation and and how they are used by um, state Medicaid authorities, often states are looking to transition from a fee-for-service payment model to some type of prospective payment or value-based model. And so that's where we're seeing a lot of traction with our accreditation programs being used. Uh, This most frequently is occurring with nursing care centers uh, and states are using state Medicaid authorities are using our nursing care center accreditation as a incentive or quality bonus um, as they transition to some type of of, uh, value-based payment program. And what's really great about this is that it's it's not a requirement, but states are choosing to use this as a voluntary quality incentive that is often attached to some type of financial quality bonus payment 
to the uh, nursing home providers. And it's been a, a really successful program. We're recognized in uh, three states right now. We're in conversation uh, with a number of others. And uh, we're really, really excited about that opportunity uh, to help nursing care centers to uh, enhance their quality uh, through this type of value-based payment model. Well, it's so interesting to hear you talk about, you know, the different states that are transitioning their Medicaid programs over to from fee-for-service to value-based care and how your accreditation programs really fall into that. So, so I appreciate you mentioning that, Kimberly. Um, but before we go, I'm hoping you can share your final thoughts with us on, on everything we've talked about today, um, from, from the certification programs to your accreditation as well. Final takeaways for our listeners. Well, first of all, thank you for having us today to, to speak on this uh, podcast and uh, to be able to connect with some of the payers out there in the community. And, uh, you know, in terms of final thoughts, the Joint Commission really is, is an organization that really strives to help healthcare organizations improve the quality and safety of the services that they render. And we hope that, you know, whether it's through our accreditation, our certification, or any of the myriad of free resources uh, that we offer on our website, that healthcare providers uh, really look to us uh, to help them uh, do just that, to improve their quality and safety, and that we can support them on their journey. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate those final thoughts, Kimberly, and for you joining us here on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. I'd also like to thank our podcast sponsor, the Joint Commission. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckerspodcasts.com.